HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, 2016. We've got some special guests joining us tonight, including, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Jesse Ferguson from uh, Interboro. Interboro Spirits and right. Ales. You guys just go around me. the room and say your names, all right, and where you're from. Dan from Blue Point Brewery in Patchogue. Travis Kaufman from Folks Beer in Brooklyn. All right, and we'll be talking about fresh hop beers, wet hops, and kind of what's new for fall. Beer Sessions Radio is brought to you by Union Beer Distributors, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. And you can uh, follow us on Twitter at beer underscore sessions. Maggie's out there tweeting live. So welcome to the show, guys. It's kind of a, a fun show for me, having first some brewers that I, that I know fairly well in New York, Jesse at Interboro, and uh, Travis from Folks Beer, and Deanna uh, from Blue Point. So we got a lot of good uh, local beers to talk about. Um, we're going to start with uh, a couple of you brought beers. I know, uh, Jesse, you brought uh, a beer you made with hops from our friends at Indian Ladder. Yeah, that's right. It's, a, it's a Harvest Dale. Um, I used actually their malt as well. So uh, two row that was grown and malted in New York State, as well as uh, hops that were all grown in New York State. And then, uh, Travis, you actually have a, a hop farm in Michigan, is it? Yeah, that's right. We grow uh, uh, about an acre of hops in northern Michigan, and uh, we just harvested. And uh, we also made a, a wet hop pilsner, but uh, it won't be ready for a couple of months. Great. And then, Dan, um, so you're at Blue Point. You know, you're kind of the newest guest on the show. Tell us a little about your background, how you got started brewing, and then we can talk about the beer that uh, you poured for us. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've been brewing for professionally for about 12 years now. Um, big big brewing and small brewing came out to Blue Point about a year ago to uh, take on the brewmaster role out there. You said you talked with Mark Burford before. He's our founder. And, yeah, about four or five years ago, yeah. it was one of our best shows ever. So Mark like, Burford, the founder of Blue Point, was on. And if you listen to the show, he talked about his whole life going to the mountaintop in Hawaii and uh, discovering his, the mission of his life. And then uh, a few weeks later, some guests called in and said, hey, man, that was the best show we ever had. And after after the other shows, they all suck compared to his. So <laughs> I know he's got 
got some local fr- fans out there on Long Island. So yeah, he's a pretty entertaining guy. So he's definitely still around and still uh, you know giving me advice and giving us advice. We call him our brewmaster emeritus now. But I kind of have the uh, the day to day. So came out to Blue Point about a year ago and uh, and started you know putting my influence on some things and trying to make some really cool beers. So uh, we we worked with on a few wet hop beers this year. Um, the, Where are you from originally? From St. Louis originally. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. St. Louis. Got a baseball team. Yeah, Cardinals. Go Cardinals. But, we were talking uh, basically about and Say, Mike, introduce yourself to you. You brought another brewer with you. Yeah, uh, my name's Mike. Uh, I live in Dan's basement. Um, I, I brew for him <laughs> also. But, uh, yeah, we've been brewing beer together for about 10 years now. Um, we've gone on different paths. And uh, when he came out here, he's like, hey, would you like to come and do bottles for me? And so I just came out, and we don't have a big bottle line, a little Mahine and a little IDD keg filler. But whatever he needs help done, I do it. Where are you from, Mike? I'm from Western Iowa. Oh yeah, but you got a, a Cubs hat on. That's right. This might be the the fresh hop and and baseball show. Travis, what do you have a baseball team? Do you like baseball? Detroit Tigers. Tigers, yeah. and then Jesse, what about you? Yankees. Yankees. All right, and I'm Red Sox. So wait. Oh. all right, hey, forget we're, beer. Let's talk baseball. We're well represented. Yeah. <laughs> but so more about your beer. This is nice. It's like, uh, do you guys want to taste taste uh, uh, Dan's beer and uh, give me some feedback? I mean, it's a nice hop hop nose, right? Yeah, so this is our wet hop pilsner. So uh, this is made with all size hops from uh, Elk Mountain Farm out in uh, northern Panhandle, Idaho. Um, so it's got some wet and some fresh hops in there. So we put um, fresh bale hops in, into the mash and then uh, a bunch of wet hops in the hop back. Uh, so just kind of a clean clean pilsner recipe, but really, you know, size is one of my favorite hops. I think it's got this nice lemony uh, kind of bright fruit character and some spice to it, and I think it can really show itself off when used in abundance well, you know most people are or most traditional lagers are pretty subtle with the size so we, we tried to be he- heavy-handed hit a hit about 45 ibu on it so you know it's not like an ipa or anything but it's a hoppy pills so yeah it's nice what do you think about it, travis uh it's great i think the the size is really interesting at this this level of uh saturation it's delicious you get a lot of the spiciness um and you don't really get to normally experience that uh, size that that uh that bitter and, and that potent it's great really yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk more about so it's wet hop what do you guys call it is it wet hop fresh hop beers and and what does it take to get those from idaho and i know there's some guys our friend uh this uh one of the farms uh anyways one of the farms on long island john cond uh, uh Kond- yeah, yeah, yeah something <laughs> john you're gonna kill me man you probably know him but you know what how do you how do you tell us the process of working with wet hops and how, how you get it from one hop farm to your brewery you can start with what your process is. Yeah, was. I mean, so you want you really want them in the kettle as close to picking as possible. Conzella, right? sorry. Conzella Farms on Long Island. So, uh, so you know, we had access to some West Coast hops. So um, FedEx Custom Critical and 40 hours and 12 grand later, they showed up at the uh, showed up at the brewery and they were in the kettle within about 48 hours. Uh, you know, reefer truck and then careful instructions to... Uh, keep them as cold as possible but not have kind of the air blowing right on them because if they freeze they get mushy right so uh, having a shipper that you trust and giving the giving the giving the driver some specific instructions and then i know the guys at elk mountain to follow that up when they're loading them too so those guys are awesome out there but we kind of had both worlds this year too so we worked with uh craft master hops out in mattituck too and um uh, you know on long island east end and we did a wet hop chinook beer with them as well uh so that was a little bit more of a smaller scale. We only had access to about 200 pounds of their wet hop Chinook, and uh, for this pills, we we shipped in about a thousand pounds of wet hop size. So, 
May I see the bottom? Just tell us. So this is available for sale right now? Yeah. So it's the Czech style Pilsner Wet Hot Pills from Blue Point. What size batch was it? Uh, so we did uh, we do thirty barrel turns, thirty barrel brews, but we did four brews on that. Oh, so nice. we did one hundred and twenty barrels of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It had about two hundred pounds in the hot back on each uh, on each turn, um, and then we had a we had a bale of uh, they were dried, but they were fresh, right? It's from the same from the same size crop. We had a bale of that shipped in, had about twenty pounds of that in the mash on each turn, and then uh, you know supplemented with a little bit of pellets and some. Uh, just to get, dry get some bittering up front, a little bit of pellets on the dry, and then uh, uh, just some a uh, little bit of bittering up front with pellets too. It's tasty. Dan, how, how did you start brewing? I mean, so you're now the brewmaster at, at the Blue Point Brewery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started uh, uh, I, I started with Anheuser Busch in St. Louis. So when I was in college, uh, I got a co-op working at their R and D facility. Um, what better job when you're in college than uh, yeah, right. than swinging hoses, <laughs> making beer for the world's largest brewer, right? So. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about brewing from some really awesome brewmasters out there, and then uh, actually learned about the other half from the guy sitting next to me. He's got a brewing degree from UC Davis, and uh, at one point in my career, took me into the garage and showed me how to really cut my teeth as a home brewer. Um, so kind of, you know, uh, on the job training and then home brewing, and then just opened my eyes to this whole other world of beers other than you know uh, light lagers, and decided I wanted to get my creative juices flowing a little bit so i came out to blue point to express those uh the creative side of things great man i know you guys have a lot of st- staples i mean they used to have the rasta farai which is a nice rye yeah. ale and the, everyone knows the toasted lager what are some of the other beers that you guys are putting out now yeah uh like you said rasta and, to- and toasted are two of our classics there's some a couple of the ones we're proud of on that we're working on right now uh we got a beer called prop stopper so it's uh made with four different kinds of north atlantic seaweed um, in the mash, so it's a, just a big American IPA, Centennial and Citra, heavy dry hopped, but then uh, the salinity from the seaweed up front in the mash kind of gives it the savory character on the end, um, rather than kind of coating your tongue with hops, it coats your tongue with just a little bit of salt, kind of makes you want to come back for another sip. So that one's out there on draft only in, uh, in the New York, Long Island region. Um, and then we, we're working on a goza, too, a beach plum goza. So when I came out to Long Island, I heard these stories about beach plum fruit that was kind of grown wild on the dunes out there, and the locals would harvest it. And they'd uh, dump a bunch of sugar in it to make, like, jams, jellies, and pie fillings. And I thought that was a crying shame to just, you know, cover up with this nice acrid tartness that this fruit has with a bunch of sugar. So we decided we'd show it off in a beer a little bit. And, uh, you know, the goza, the salinity and the tartness from the goza really balanced the showed off the tartness from the fruit so it's kind of like this uh almost like a cranberry goza but it's a little it's a little different than that so that's what the beach plum is like almost like a cranberry yeah right and so that one that one we got going in draft now too so uh those two beers were definitely a lot of fun we did a beer for the debate right the first presidential debate was here at hofstra on long island so uh we did what we're calling colonial ale uh, that was a really fun project so started out we got asked to do a beer for the debate and uh did a little bit of research about uh, Patch Algeria and found out that George Washington had made a stop up at Hart's Tavern, which we, we actually have a mosaic on our bar top that depicts the scene, but it was about five, it's a, the, the plaque's about five blocks away from the brewery. Um, so George Washington was coming to thank on his first, uh, was coming on a tour of Long Island shortly after being elected president to thank some of his military contacts that he utilized during the war. Um, stopped at Hart's Tavern, had a beer and some, some Blue Point oysters is, this, is the way the story goes. So we kind of drew some inspiration from that and then looked up that small beer recipe that George Washington hand-penned in the New York Public Library. 
um, drew some inspiration from that, really focused on the fact that he was using uh, molasses syrup in that small beer. So we made like a 3.6 ABV kind of session brown ale um, with some spruce tips in it, too. So some, some molasses so Did uh, Donald Trump tips. and Hillary Clinton drink the beer? They did not come they by. Did. It was a shame. But it's one thing I like about President Obama that he had the beer summit a few years ago. Funny that you mentioned that because we did get a request today to ship a couple cases to Barack Obama. So he seems to be a bit of a beer fan. Cheers so. to him, man. Yeah, cheers. Hey, remember that was that great, the White, the White House homebrew recipe? Yeah, we're going to make What sure was that recipe? Honey you remember? Brown. Honey Brown? Yeah, it was a honey, yeah. brown. Did, honey you ever, brown. did you ever try to make that, any of you guys? I looked it up when I was looking was, at this project. Uh, but. It was because they had, have an apiary, I think, and so they were using honey that they had harvested at the White House. On the grounds. Yeah, yeah. on the yeah. grounds. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the that. White House kind of garden beer. Yep. Yeah. I mean, are you doing anything like that? I mean, Jesse, you're new now jumping over to Interboro. Right. Yeah, Interboro's, you- we've been only, we've been open now for, well, we've been, we sort of celebrated three little anniversaries this last weekend. We're about 12 weeks of production since we got the boiler turned on, eight weeks of wholesale sales, saying, uh, selling kegs out, and four weeks of the tasting room, so... Um, yeah, I don't have any apiaries, um, but uh, I did brew a beer with uh, with any ladder guys. And on the distillery side, I'm I'm trying to take advantage of New York State products as much as possible with a, an apple brandy that I was telling you about. It's distilled from um, New York State cider. Um, but yeah, you know, harnessing the local ingredients, I think, is is. Uh, is always a, a winning. Uh, what, what, what's the character of Wet Hop? Is it called Wet Hop? Is it called Fresh Hop? You know, you guys each tell me your own words. What, what that means to you as a brewer working with a Wet Hop or a Fresh Hop, Travis? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, they can be synonymous. I think it's you know hops used at, at the harvest within you know twenty four forty eight hours of, of harvest, um, undried, and they impart. You know, they have a certain freshness to them that dried hops don't. You get a little more sort of like bright, um, clean, you know, floral flavors out of them and a little bit of, you know, flavor from the living chlorophyll that's in them as well. That gives it that little kind of like fresh cut uh, grass kind of edge to it. So I always used uh, wet hops as straight, straight picked from the field and shipped, you know, whole cone hops straight picked from the field. Uh, fresh hops, for me at least, was kind of straight picked, immediately dried, and then immediately shipped. So fresh hops, for the way we kind of talk about them, are still dried, but they haven't been put in storage at all or pelletized, so they're fresh whole leaf, basically picked, dried immediately, and then you're still using them within probably less than a week, but they have been through the drying process. Yeah, I'd say wet hop would be the, the, the term I would use for something that was... At Carton, we had a couple beers, or we had a beer we made every year where we would have... Um, you know, freshly picked hops, express mail, they're FedExed out, and uh, similar to the process he was describing. I think fresh hop is, I think, is also used, but I would say wet hop for sure. I, I was like, like whatever the fresh hop beers, like uh, the ones I used to get in draft were Founders Harvest. I think Great Divide had one. I don't know if you guys want to each name some. Sierra always has a good one. Shoots. I was out in Yakima last week and had. I mean, um, Holy Mountain had two fresh hops, um, one of them with Citra and the other one with Mosaic, I think. They were both fantastic. But, yeah, you get that. It's just a little more bite, a little more vegetal, but if the hops are good, you're still going to get the the fruit and the sort of define. I mean, in this case with the size, it's 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 incredible, it's, but it's uh, it's a really bright hop character. 
Yeah, I think that's right. You, you know, you get more of the green character, but it's backed up with that brightness. Yeah, I mean, and the, so it's almost like the green character can accentuate that, right? Whereas, in, if if you're like overhopped with like pellet hops or older hops, that green character gets like overpowering, right? All right, guys. Hey, we're tasting some great beers, and I really like this. Uh, the Czech style Pilsner Wet Hot Pills from Blue Point. Thanks for bringing it, Dan. Thank you. We'll take a short break. We're back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. And this is Try by Bad Citizen. We'll be right back. In 1996, L. Knife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, support us, heritageradionetwork.org. You can become a member, a corporate member, whatever you want, but go to the site, heritageradionetwork.org. So many good shows. In fact, my good buddy Damon Bolte on the Speakeasy is always talking about cocktails, and we're talking about beer on Beer Sessions Radio. So great guests in the house. We're talking wet hop, fresh hop beers. Dan from Blue Point. And Jesse from Interboro and uh, Travis from Folks Beer. So, um, Jesse, quick quick uh, intro to your beer. This is a, a a beer you made with some New York ingredients, right? So this is a uh, it's called uh, Taste Like Upstate. So uh, I brewed it with uh, our buddies up uh, Dieter and Stewart from India Ladder Farmstead, up right outside Albany, Adamont. They've got a brewery and uh, cidery, and they've got a over hundred year old apple apple orchards, and they've got. Hops they grow, and they've been growing malt now, barley as well. They've got a um, varietal of barley called Synergy. Um, so, so you this- guys are cutting in Interbar. You're, you're, you're brand new. We know you as the brewer from Carton. From Carton. You used to wear plaid shirts as your uniform. No, no more plaid shirts. Well, I still got plenty of plaid shirts. You still shirts. do. Yeah, just I'm bringing out the And you've got some cra- crazy names for some of your beers. What are, what are the beers that are, that are doing the best for you guys right now? Um, it's like Halftime. La- Lottie Dottie, Halftime, Bass in Your Face, Here Come the Drums, Bring That Beat Back. Most of them are hip-hop references. I got a, it, It's a lot of Chuck D. A lot of uh, public. That's, that's where of, it comes from. A lot from. of public. Now we know. Yeah, it's a lot. And now of it's easy. I'll just go look at all the old records and say, "Oh, that's your next beer." Yeah, exactly. But you guys are not too far from here. You're on like what Grand Street, Grand, and, and, um, between Morgan and Waterbury. So uh, yeah, right around the corner from here. Um, we uh, we've got a tasting room. We've also have a distillery. So we're we're making uh, spirits as well as beer. Um, so, you know, right, like I said, we've been producing for 12 weeks and we're focusing right now a lot on 
beer um, and then sort of getting the spirits program, getting a feet on, getting our feet under us with the spirits program, and we're distributing all over the five boroughs. Primarily Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, but you know. Yeah, man. So, what do you guys think, Travis? What do you think of this Harvest beer from uh, Innerborough? Uh, delicious. I think it has everything you want out of out of a wet hop beer. You know, it has the brightness. It's got um, really beautiful, like floral uh, aromas. Thank you. This was yeah. so it was it was uh, the hops were fresh centennial cones in the hop back and fresh centennial cones as the dry hop, um, and then the uh, it was Cascade Nugget Centennial and Chinook that were all New York grown at India Ladder, um, and then it's like I said, their malt and some oats and some German Munich to sort of. I really wanted it to have a solid. I mean, the inspiration was more of like a fest beer almost, like, you know, like a, an Oktoberfest. Um, but then, I, you know, I hate pumpkin beer. I'm never going to make a pumpkin beer in my life. And so, um, you know, the idea being that there's other things about the fall that are incredible, and, and harvest is one of them, you know, and, and uh, so sort of celebrate the, the harvest. And then I was lucky to have those guys bring me the, all those ingredients that, were, that they grew themselves. Um, so it just made sense. And we were brewing it together and you know just take the wort straight off the hot back and it's, it smells like upstate but then decided to change the name Sniff to taste like upstate so dan for you like you know what are some once you make a, a nice either fresh hop or wet hop beer i mean is it something are those flavors gonna gonna last a while or is something you really want to drink super fresh yeah i mean like like most hoppy beers i think you want to get them out there as, as soon as possible i think uh the fresher the better right so um it's, it, that's why I'll, a couple of the ones we did, we, we did draft only, and we're trying to just move them real quick through our taste room, right? Uh, a bottled beer like this, you know, you'd really want to want to get within, you know, probably thirty to sixty days minimum. So, yeah. And Travis, the, the, the big news from your end is that you actually what you have a, a family hop farm. Yeah, we've somewhere. been we've been yeah up in northern Michigan um, near Harbor Springs, Michigan. We've been growing hops. Uh, this is our third year. Uh, and we want to do more. There's another 20 acres there that have our name on it. Um, so we've really just been testing the climate and the soil and everything. And we had a good harvest this year, and um, we got some hops. I put them in my car and drove them straight back and made beer with them. Um, and we had the rest of them dried there at, at a co-op in Michigan. Uh, and they're on their way for the rest of the year. You know, one great beer that you have out right now, uh, your Martin beer, Talk about fall harvest beers. It's been really great. We had a keg at Jimmy's number 43. Sure, yeah. You know, a pretty traditional uh, Meriton or, or Fest beer, um, a really great, rich uh, lager that's not super strong. It's only 5%, but it has some Munich malt in it that really kind of warms it up and gives it this toasty, rich flavor. Uh, and then, of course, we use some American hops to kind of, you know, make it our own and, and give it a little, you know, American backbone. And I'll let, I'll let these brewers at first, but let's bring in Mike. Mike's the mystery guest, the UC Davis guy from, from uh, Blue Point. I bet, I bet you have some questions for Travis. No, uh, I, I, when he said he was growing hops in Michigan, um, I spent some time at Goose Island, and we would get some hops from Hophead Farms there. And, and Dan and I always do like a beer trip every year. And uh, we did a beer trip around Lake Michigan and saw about 30 different breweries and a hop farm and a malt house um, on that trip. And um, I mean, I just wondered where he was doing hops. I mean, there, there's cool stuff going on in Michigan. There's cool beer stuff going on everywhere, but that's you know, Michigan like, is doing yeah. pretty well. They have yeah. close to 300 breweries, and there, you know, it seems like every town and every farm has a brewery now. It's it's a lot of fun to 
to ride around. And there's a there's a history of beer brewing there because it was settled by you know um, Eastern Europeans. So you find hop plants here and there that are you know not actually native, but they're they're left over from the, the Italians, the Polish, and the German that were up there making beer in the you know turn of century and before. You know, we, we have in New York, you know, we, we got some new, hot, like I said, Conzella Farms on Long Island, Indian Ladder Farms up by Albany. But, you know, what, what's the character of the hops or type of hops you're growing in Michigan? Is it different from Yakima, different from New York? Well, the the same hops do really well there. Um, you know, we can control the watering so we can kind of match the climate on the West, West Coast if we want to grow some of those. You know, the American hybrids like Cascade just dominate. Um, as far as growth and production over the, like the European um, varietals, one that we love a lot that doesn't produce a ton of hops, but we keep growing because we like the the character of it is uh, Santium, and that's a that's a hybrid of Titanagar and uh, Hollertau Meadowfir and um, a derivative of Cascade, uh, and that's really great. Um, a lot of the characters that you get from German hops, but a little more alpha acid, and you know sort of, you know, it's a little different, it's a little fruitier, it's a little more floral than you'd normally get out of German hops. And so, I know you worked in restaurants, we, we go way back, you had Prime right. Meats and some other places you worked at. You opened your brewery, when, at what point did you decide to have the brewery and or plant the hops in Michigan? So you're in brewery in Brooklyn, hot farm in Michigan. It was all like really slow growth. Summer home in <laughs> it was all Palm really, Beach. Where? Really, it was all done like really slowly. You know, we were on the crawl, walk, run program, so we started really slowly. I was working full-time at the restaurants and decided oh, to... Will you say that again? What's the program? The, qu- the crawl, <laughs> walk, run. So first you got to crawl, then you can walk, and then you can run um, so as not to face plant. Uh, so we started. That's our new T-shirt, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't faceplant. Don't faceplant. Uh, That's how you learn. So we, we, you know, our development was really slow, and it was really over, you know, the last five years um, that I had the idea, and you know, the landscape in New York five years ago in the beer scene was much, much different, um, and you know, I saw an opportunity to, you know, make certain kind of beers that, that were, you know, desirable and people weren't making and, uh, started the process. And I didn't really know if I get the license. I didn't really know if I'd be able to do it and did it, you know, over the, over those five years, starting with like home brewing and, and the space that's now our brewery and getting the license and, and doing some business development, getting more space. We just added about 4,000 square feet in the same building. Um, and we're going to be expanding into that opening a tasting room this fall, and increasing our production a lot over the next six months. Great, man. Congratulations. Thank you. I always like your beers. I got Morning Dew on tap right now. Jimmy's number 43. <laughs> and then, Jesse, so for you, like, you know, this beer is great. Harvest beer. To me, it's everything I, I want about a New York beer. You're working with New York ingredients, New York farmers. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know what? T- just tell us more about the process of making this beer. Um. You know, I uh, Stuart and Dieter hit me up. I I, I wanted. To, I knew when I was when I was building Interboro. I knew uh, Interboro. I knew I wanted to work with them because of the distilling side and being able to get um, some locally made cider from people who I knew who were really working hard to make good cider in order to turn it into brandy. Um, and uh, they hit me up about um, che- you know checking out some of their malt, and I was like, all right, well, I could. Uh, you know, it was middle of August, and I knew the hop harvest was coming. And I said, "Well, if we're going to brew together, are you going to? What about some fresh hops? You know, when will you guys be pulling stuff off the vines?" And um, and so the idea sort of that was they sort of sparked it then. And then they said, "Well, 
how much malt would you need? And, and uh, well, can you get me 1,100 pounds? And, and they were, you know, they were, we'll see what we can do. And, they, and so they shipped down the malt with the cider the first time. So I got working on distilling it. And then they hit me up once they'd been checking out their hop fields and knew when they were going to be able to get the hops off. And uh, they picked them and came down the next day and, and we brewed. And uh, I was really, um, I didn't really want to commit on what we were going to make really until I got to smell some of the hops. So they sent me some of the pellets down that they had, they had harvested last year and I got a chance to evaluate the pellets. And uh, at that point, that was when I sort of keyed in on this Harvest Ale idea and doing something that would, uh, you know, for me, it's like when the, when the weather gets a little chilly like this, um, I like to turn the oven on, start braising some meats and, you know, and, 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 Staying in on a Sunday if I can get a day off. Your carton plaid. Yeah, put my put my carton plaid back back on. on. You know what I'm saying? And and I did I did short ribs on Sunday in this beer, and then Sunday night I was drinking beer and eating short ribs, and I was pretty happy. So it's I mean you know what Dan was saying about being able to pour pour through these in in a couple you know 30 60 days would be great. But I'm really looking forward to drinking this beer on Thanksgiving too, and with my roast turkey and, and some other roast veggies. So hey, that's why that's how I think about this stuff. And Dan, what's it like for you being here? You know, from the Midwest, being here in New York. What do you think of the New York City brewing scene? Yeah, I mean it's phenomenal. Especially you know, if you just look at Long Island, there's probably twenty plus breweries out on Long Island, and you know, a, a good scene. Um, you know, we did a Long Island collaboration brew to, to raise some money for one of the local charities and had everybody out to the Blue Point Brewery. We had like. Uh, I think about 12 of the other brewers on Long Island showed up and brewed with us and made a big juicy IPA, you know, Northeast style or New England style, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's just been like a like a big family out there, uh, you know, from the, the brick house right there in Patchogue, who, you know, we work with real real closely to Great South Bay and all, all the guys at Long Island. They, you know, everybody's been real nice. So it's, it's so a now great you guys, family. You guys you know, have the AB ownership or whatever, InBev. But you're still brewing things on Long Island. You obviously have two great brewers working together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, we get access to a, a lot of great resources being part of that family. You know, um, get to do some do some things that are pretty awesome. But but the ideas and the creativity are still coming out of Long Island, and you know, we're, we're still there in Patchogue. You know, come got see some us wholesome down. Midwest where you got Dan, the St. Louis Cardinals fan, and Mike, the Chicago Cubs fan. You yeah. Know? <laughs> You yeah, know, we got some Midwest roots out there on Long Island, so so come see us and you know, right right at the brewery there in Patrick. Travis, are you from Michigan? I am from Michigan, yeah. So that's why you have a farm out there. Yeah. But what's the, is it a family farm? Like what's the connection? Yeah, that's that's a farm that I grew up on and uh, my parents still live there and you know, they they got it when I was a year old, nineteen seventy five and it was abandoned for twenty years. So over the eighteen years that I lived there, twenty years that I lived there, they were they were fixing it up. Uh, the whole time, uh, they put a lot into it. It's beautiful land, and there's you know another 20 acres there. Like I said, that's that's ready if we want to plant more hops. Well, I like the, Jesse's approach to talking about because when I talk about wet hop and fresh hop, everyone talks about Oktoberfest, but I feel like America needs to have like our own like kind of fall you know harvest ale. And to me, it's something it has time with with fresh hops and local ingredients. So I like that your beer is the harvest beer with next State. Yeah. But what's your what do you think of as what could be the harvest or fall beer that that you'd like to make out of Brooklyn? 
Well, I mean, I would like to make something with, with definitely some fresh hops, but also maybe incorporate some other, other forage, you know, really make like a, a local uh, forage beer and, you know, get crazy and go find some sumac or some apples or some mugwort or whatever else, you know, you can find around uh, to put into it and just really like get into the terroir and, and whatever's ready that season goes in, you know. Because I love I love fall beer in New York. To me, it's like that's it. We should like help redefine what you know what harvest ale means, what, what fall beer means, and, and nothing against Oktoberfest, but <laughs> I do feel like we can uh, grow it. And what about for you, Dan? If you had to make a a new American harvest ale, what would you make? Mike's eyes got big when you said that, so I'm going to defer Let Mike to him go for it, Mike. So we, UC we, Davis, dude. Yeah, we have a brewer. It's the smartest guy no, in the room. No, no, no. <laughs> We've got a brewer, um, Jim Richards, at the, at the brewery, and he does like a lot of like small farming, and he's like uh, part of a seed bank, so they're trying to get the Long Island cheese pumpkin back going. And actually... Um, we're brewing a beer right now with Long Island cheese pumpkin. It's a pumpkin but you know the ale, tagline. but it's not a pumpkin spice ale. So what is like, Long What go. is Long Island cheese go. pumpkin? What is it actually? It's uh, I, I guess it's indigenous uh, pumpkin. It's the original. Wait, yeah. so so what? From what Jimbo told me, it's the original pumpkin pie pumpkin. So it's got a lot of sweetness to it, and as it cures over yeah. time, it really uh, brings out the sweetness. So it was the original pumpkin that was used to make pies out of, and so we're trying to bring that back. And J- totally Jim's recipe, and he. I wish he was here to talk more about it, but he brought some biscuit malt to the table, trying to get that crustiness. He's got some oats in there, so trying to make like a stout with a pie crust, with pumpkin. And there's a little bit of spice in there, but it's not, like Mike said, it's not a pumpkin spice beer. I just tried it out of the fermenter today. I mean, the sweetness from the pumpkin, I was shocked. It is, yeah. it's amazing. So, And there's, there's a group, it's the Long Island Cheese Pumpkin. It's like a con- consortium Sorry. of seed savers on Long Island. Actually, uh, November, like 12th, 13th, 14th, they're doing a whole bunch of things. Actually, we're opening our doors to them, Jimmy's number 43. So Yeah, I think we're going to have the beer out there for It's going to be so. fun. Yep, yeah. Cool. So, hey, we'll take a short break. We'll be back in another few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Good in- Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, cheers to our president, who's a big fan of beer. Yeah. And right now, wait, wait, Dan, this is an awesome beer. So it's the Colonial Ale. You guys made this for the presidential debates out on Long Island. Yeah, so uh, there's a, a refreshment center, uh, you know, at the at the base where the media and the folks can come who are there all day. So. We we made a beer specifically to serve to serve to them at the at the little refreshment area and uh, wanted to have some ties to to politics for sure, um, but you know we're, we're we're just fans of beer. I want to vote for beer this year more than I want to vote for anything. So <laughs> well, we were, Justin and I were joking about having a an election night show where we would like talk to brewers around the country. 
But maybe maybe we don't need to wait till then. You know, yeah. We'll talk now. So but we I, just threw back to the original, uh, you know, the, the first president, George Washington, who was a brewer himself and a big fan of beer. You know, he said his favorite beer was porter and uh, made a stop there on Long Island. So, we, you know, that's what came up with Colonial Ale. Looked at his hand-penned small beer recipe, Used uh, drew some inspiration from the molasses he had in there. Threw some spruce tips in because that seemed to be a pretty common theme for colonial ales because good hops were hard to come by. And then uh, supplemented some of the malt with some uh, with some corn and some oats and some wheat, you know, some ingredients that might have been a little more readily available on the American continent at the time. And came up with just a nice 3.6 ABV, you know, so a session brown ale. Just a little bit of the toffee character from the molasses and then a nice little bit of bright citrus coming through from the spruce tips. So I think we came up with a pretty delicious nice, rendition. Yep. So in the spirit of the election and democracy, so Jesse, if you were back in whatever, let's say the you know colonial era, we have freedom, what, 1790, uh-huh. would you be a brewer or distiller or both? I think both. That's what I was going to say. You were saying George Washington was a, was a brewer, but they were all distillers too. They, so there's like a... There, you know, there's people who've dug up George Washington's still design and have rebuilt it. You know, so they're distilling the same way Washington would have distilled. And then they were using molasses. They were it was rum. They were making rum is what they were doing primarily. But for you guys as brewers, I mean, you paid your dues at Carton, and you guys have all been brewing for a while. Is this is the step from from brewing to distilling a big jump, or is it kind of like? Innate. Well, I mean, I think that what it, the, the, the for me what was the biggest leap um, conceptually was to understand that the, the most difficult part of any of this is the fermentation and, and controlling the fermentation and getting a fermentation that is going to create the product that you want, whether it's the, what's going to get carbonated and put into a glass or what's going to get pumped over to the still and, and then pump and then boiled again to capture all of the esters and alcohol. Um, yeah, I mean, running. I'm not, you know, I'm still, I'm definitely not an expert on the still at this point. But after having distilled probably dozen and dozen and a half times now on on our still, I'm uh, starting to feel a lot more comfortable about, you know, it's the same concept. What you get in, you put in good, you get good out. You know, um, you put garbage in there, you're not getting anything good out at all. But if you're if you're putting what's in there good, then you're going to get good distillate out. So, and Travis, we've talked about historical beers before. Let's say it was 1790 sure. or 1820. What kind of beers would you be making? Well, I mean, probably pumpkin beer with molasses. <laughs> Honestly, right? Right. Yep. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of wheat around, and they were making bread out of it uh, or, or barley. So, um, I mean, they were probably making, you know, ales out of sugar, molasses or demerara sugar, sugar cakes pumpkins or whatever else they could find spruce tips mugwort and whatever else what other bitter herbs they could find and what are you dan and mike come on mike get in there no you said mugwort like i found some behind our our so like we're right on the water but like mugwort is everywhere yeah you can find mugwort everywhere mike's on a gruit kick right now right. he saw <laughs> he saw a great presentation on gruits at cbc and he's uh he's trying to talk me into making a bunch of a whole series of gruits so i need some convincing but i think i'm gonna get there that's cool and on, a, on another going back to traditional styles last week we had a cool international guy on who's trying to save the world and eliminate food waste. I mean, he has a beer coming out called Toast Ale, where he's going to use leftover breads and, and make that into a beer. How does that work? I still don't understand. How can you use leftover bread and make beer? Or would you guys ever do that? <laughs> yeah, that's like... Uh, Jimbo again, uh, he had... A, so on Long Island, bagels are big? You mean Jim Rich? Wait, everyone, Jim Rich, you mean... You mean not in, me. You mean in the entire Northeast? Bagels well, yeah, I mean, but like, in ours. So, like, he got a bunch of rye bagels, and uh, we tried making a kvass. 
And uh, yeah, that didn't work out but, so well. Yeah, Kavass, I mean, really, I this Kavass I've had down in Brighton Beach is really sweet. Yeah, like it, they don't ferment it out that much. But, yeah, but how? But how do you work with? I understand what happens when you whatever you're. With grain and malt. I don't know how you could turn. What would you do with bread? bread. How would you throw bread? I into mean, you a can beer? just you, you, yeah. yeah, a little yeah. bit of sugar left in it, so you you get it wet and you know let wild yeast work on it, and then it turns into something that's slightly alcoholic and maybe potable. So yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, if you were if you were distilling it, I could see it being a lot easier because then you just get whatever alcohol created possible and then cook it off. But you would but you wouldn't be worried about the flavor that was created during the fermentation at all. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's some. You know, I guess beer is becoming so popular. We, we've done some things with WQXR, classical beer paired with brewers, and I guess people in different movements. Everyone wants to do beer, and that's why it's great to sit with the real brewers who are actually making fucking good beer. Excuse me, people, but we're having a good time. Someone said tonight, Jimmy, are you going to drink beer on the air? I have to drink beer, so. We're drinking it, but um, I've had a nice time tasting all the beers with you guys, and I want to get back to like a, a more like working man question, and each of you please answer. You each work in like totally different structures, you know, Travis, you own your own brewery, you know, uh, Dan and Mike, you guys are like brewers at a, a larger, you know, organization, and then, you know, Jesse, you're kind of doing many hats, brewer, distiller. Please just tell me, guys, the typical day for you guys, and, and how would you actually describe your job? Let's start with Travis. I mean, right now it's nuts because we're doing construction at the brewery. So we're running our nano brewery, and we're building out a tap room and, and a bigger brewery space. So it's just like I got there. At, I got up at 5 this morning, got to the brewery at 6, started, you know, mashed in, got, you know, got, got the beer going for the first several hours until the, the next crew. We do a three-ship uh, brew through the day um so the next brewers come in and then i switch, swing over and start managing the, cons- the construction site it's pretty nuts right now but you're, you're the owner i'm the owner yeah but then also you have different guys making beer do you finally have like batch variations oh uh you know yeah i, I noticed that the beer always gets better um and uh each batch always gets a little bit better um but i think for the most part you know we are we're on batch 100 for for the brewery um which is a big deal for us. And so we've had a lot, you know, we don't make a ton of different styles of recipes. So the, the recipes that we do make, we made a lot. And uh, we really honed them in. And um, for the most part, they're on rails. And they're, so it's Folk Spirit, Carroll Garden, Brooklyn. Yeah. When you started, what was the size, you know, your brewery size and what's it now? Well, right now we, we have a three-barrel brew house and we're brewing uh, four times to fill up uh, 10-barrel uh, fermenters. And um, we're getting ready to jump that up a little bit and a little automation um, to help us out. And we're looking to jump to a 20-barrel brew house uh, this year at some point. And Dan and Mike, like, tell us, you're, ta- you're a brew master, Dan, right? But you're not, you're not doing marketing. You're not paying bills. No, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, so my day, typical day, I always start my day with quality. So I'll go out into the brewery and sample every fermentation tank, every bright tank that we have going just as a quality check. Um, you know, we have a great QA department, great quality assurance department, a great lab that can run a lot of stuff and and point What's, what's FAQ? No, I'm just teasing you. you Frequently said QA. asked question? I never yeah. know. This is QA. QA, quality FAQ. assurance. Yeah. Like, what's FAQ? So we have a great, uh, like I said, we have a great quality department and they'll clue us in on a lot of stuff, right? But you can't get more sensitive than the human palate, so... Um, we don't pass up sensory analysis, so every morning we, you know, I'm out there sampling from every tank, 
Um, just You're actually sure. tasting is not just like a chemical analysis or something. Right, right. Yep. No, every morning, every tank, uh, just making sure that each fermentation is headed the direction we expected. And uh, each bright tank's where we want it to, you know, want it to be before we send it out to, to one of our beer lovers. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're working on, uh, similar to what Travis was saying, we're working on an expansion project right there in Patchogue, too. So uh, so we want to take our 30-barrel our brew house to a 60-barrel brew house and basically uh, install some new fermentation capacity. It'll take us from, you know, 10,000 barrels locally to up to 60,000 barrels it's still, locally. It's still fairly a small, like, regional brewery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all over the, all over the East Coast and expanding to select cities out west, but... Uh, but we can definitely uh, definitely make more beer right there on Long Island, so that's what we're looking to do. So, uh, you know, building a brewery takes up a significant part of my time. And then writing recipes and thinking about what's next in 2017. Um, today's kind of, today's consumer seems to want uh, something new all the time, right? So just trying to refresh well, like the, the lineup. Colonial. I like the his- historical stuff. And Jesse, you, your, your day, again, many hats. Yeah, well, we just finished construction, so, you know, uh, probably six to eight weeks ago where i'd say we wrapped up construction so that part's over for me now to, to for the most part but um you know sales distribute we're self-distributing and and so it's it's basically yeah you have a sales manager yeah so we got we got jay out there selling kegs delivering kegs but you know jay and i go out together um we got our tasting room open now and so staffing the tasting room and making sure that we've got you know energetic and enthusiastic people behind the bar um, you have some, but you have business partners too. Yeah, Laura, so kind and, of the new paradigm, the new. Yeah, group. so you know, Laura and I are are we're just getting to the point where we feel like maybe we're starting to be able to look at numbers and identify trends. So we're you know, so it's it's ma- it's managing all the numbers, it's managing all the people, it's making sure that the quality of the product is is first and foremost, and the people that we're that are involved with our organization are excited about what we're doing and, and educated about what we're doing, and then it's thinking creatively about how to move our 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 company forward and and um whether that's a new beer a new distillate or an event or a special you know something to happen in the tasting room um it's 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 all consuming and uh but it's super fun so um i wake up stoked you're awesome man (laughs) with or without the plaid shirt you're cool carton plaid all right last question for all you guys there's a lot of new guys here. everybody mike too okay so doesn't have to be for President Obama, but let's say you want to you want to recommend someone else's beer for this time of year. Uh, who, who wants to start? Some another beer that you don't make that you would say, President Obama. I know you like beer. Here's a beer I want you to try right now because you did a great job. So, <laughs> um, who would I go with right now? All right. Well, today, for instance, I had a uh, the Barrier Pills. That they made for Mission Dolores's anniversary, and I thought that was very tasty. So I would recommend that to anyone, including the president. Hyper local, what you drank today? And you guys have to look at it. Dan's looking it up. Mike, I know Mike's got one over there. Yeah. Doesn't have to be. You get on. He doesn't have to be for the president, but someone else's beer that you'd recommend for this time of year. You know, it could be a harvest beer, fall beer. I'm going to recommend uh, Travis's the Folk Beer Martin, which uh, it was real malty. It's nice having, you know, I'm actually not a big fan of Oktoberfest style, but um, my customers really liked it. It was nice to have, like, a, a real kind of malty, locally made Martin. So, Thanks. great job, Travis. Yeah, Prosetta, yeah. Um, I've been really into, um, I did a sale beer from um, uh, from Montreal, their, their raspberry sour wheat. 
is really amazing. Wow, that sounds wild for them. It's really good. Yeah, they've had like a Peche Mortal. They had like their black pepper beer. Yeah, really, really Love good. Love those guys. Cheers to you guys. Do to sell in Montreal. So I just got back from GABF, and probably the best beer I had at GABF was a uh, barrel aged barley wine. So I love big beers for the winter. Uh, and it was a second. It was a second use barrel aged barley wine from Wonderland. It was their 2015 version. It was wonderful. You know where's where's Wonderland? Uh, they are. Uh, I missed that. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't Wonderland. Catch that on we the love booth. you, man. Yeah. And then Mike, you got one. I think they're all good. Any beer this time of year is great. <laughs> you gotta pick one. Like, there's Chicago brewery. Um. If I had to go back to Chicago, I'd probably go up to uh, Dry Hop and and get some like mac and cheese and whatever whatever they had fresh on tap. Dry Hop's making good beer. Other half's making good beer. Uh, our half acres making good beer there. I thought you hung out at the Cobra Lounge. Cobra Lounge, yeah. There's tons of beer at Rise Up. They make some good beer in Chicago. Chicago, man. This is fun, man. We covered a lot of bases. It's nice having everybody involved and. Uh, you know, we yeah. still didn't quite answer what fresh hop, wet hop is, but I, it's like kind of thing. They say you, you know it when you try it, right? Is that not true? That's right. Search yeah. it out. <laughs> Find it right now. Great beers sure. today, yeah. and I appreciate us learning more about historical styles. Thanks, thanks, Dan, and uh, big, big shout out to everybody. Cider Week New York City is coming up October twenty first plus. Go to ciderweeknyc.com. We'll have some special shows on. Uh, we're kicking off Cider Week uh, Porktoberfest October twenty second. And on the East River in Manhattan. Check it out, cookoutnyc.com. Our good buddies this weekend, uh, New York City, nyccraftbeerfest.com. There's over 150 brands. It's uh, at the Lexington Armory in uh, New York City. Uh, big shout-out for them. They're representing all the great new brands. And I'll be talking that weekend with some guys from Stone Brewing and Lagunitas. So if you haven't checked it out yet, nyccraftbeerfest.com. In closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Unibeer Distributors who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. You guys, say your names one more time, and thanks for coming out. Jesse Ferguson. Dan Jansen from Blue Point. Mike Stormberg. Travis Kaufman. Great, man. And thanks to our producer, Justin and Maggie and uh, engineer David Tadishur. And we'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.